Hello, everyone, and welcome to the week two edition of the PFM Betting Podcast. We're going to preview the entire Sunday slate today, and I'm joined by betting and fantasy analyst Kyle Sapi and a special guest from PointsBet, senior editor Max Meyer. Max, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, no, uh, week two, it's always a fun time for betting just because you you have to try and figure out, you know, which of the week one performances are legitimate and, and which other ones might be a bit of an overreaction. So definitely one of my favorite uh, weeks to try and handicap it and see where other people are, are betting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you nailed on the head. This is basically the week of overreactions from last week. Per Evan Abrams and Ashton Network on Twitter, Teams off a double-digit loss since week one, facing a team not off a double-digit loss. 32-16-2 ATS since 2014. Those teams this week, the Seahawks, the Bears, Bengals, Giants, and two teams on Monday night, the Panthers and Steelers. Kyle, what's your first reaction to that stat? I love that stat. I love any of these crazy weirdo stats that might not have any real value, but they tell a story and they tell... It's the rubber band effect. We see a team struggle in week one, and how do you react to them? What Max was saying, we want to know what is for real. I kind of like weeks three and four because now we've got a little bit of a sample size where I think I can get a little bit of an edge, and I have an idea of what we've seen. But week one was crazy in a lot of ways. A lot of unders, a lot of offenses struggling in this offensive era of football. So it'll be interesting to see where the money goes on these games, especially the ones that struggled. We saw the Giants get shut out last week. Nobody's picking that to happen again, but how high are you going to be on a team like that? Or the Bengals, they were terrible. We thought they might be one of the better teams in the NFL. They scored three points and looked worse than that. So I love week two. It's going to be interesting, and I love that stat. I mean, anything that hits two-thirds of the time is noteworthy in my book. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Max will be joining us from PointsBet. He has all the action of what's going on in the games for this week. So he'll be able to tell us which teams are the public overreacting to and then which are their favorite sides for the week. So Let's get right to the game, starting off with the Chicago Bears at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers surprised a lot of people last week. Not me, though. Humble brag right here. I had the Buccaneers plus six at Minnesota, fading the fraudulent Vikings. This line got to three at one point. Now it's back down to minus two and a half for the Buccaneers. Max, what's the betting action looking like a points bet for this one? Yeah, so Bears were definitely team of the offseason. Uh, heading into this year and you know all I guess all it takes is one you know miserable week one performance and, and all of a sudden Bucks actually have gotten majority of the tickets to cover it but it's it's tight 52 percent and then the Bears for handle it's just like it's a little over 60 61 percent um, but I, I even though you know it seems tight I think it's especially noteworthy just given you know how many points bet betters are in Chicago and just the popularity of the Bears so you know, you would think that only one week that it wouldn't take that for all these Bears fans to jump off ship. But, you know, with seeing such a tight uh, spread action so far, it, it seems like that way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wasn't really high on the on the Bears going to the season. I didn't. I mean, I wasn't that impressed with offseason moves. I thought they saw a lot of questions, particularly with Justin Fields as a passer and their pass rush on defense. Kyle, what's your takeaway there? Are you buying this Bears in a bounce back spot? And are you buying the Bucks after last week? Are you fa- Or are you fading their week one matchups? In a perfect world, I'm fading both these teams. I don't think they're any good. Like Justin Fields is exciting. And for fantasy purposes, I get it. But he's not a good quarterback. He's not somebody you can count on. And Baker Mayfield, don't, do not get me started on Baker Mayfield. But I do think we're going over 40 and a half points in this game. Just because you've got two dynamic offenses, potentially, 
And if they go sideways, then they go sideways in a big way. You've got Tampa Bay who can't run the ball with Rashad White. He doesn't, doesn't know where he's going. Like, I, I don't want to call him a bad NFL player, but he's not a good one. Like Jason and, Katz. Yeah, yeah. We'll channel my inner Jason Katz on that one. But then Fields can light it up from anywhere at any time. He's going to have a few of these spike plays. So you got a team in Tampa that can't run or stop the run. Or they only stop the run and they can't run. To me, it's going to be a stop, go, stop, go kind of clock. If the running game isn't going, the clock isn't running. I'm going over 40 and a half points here, thinking that one of these teams, one of them, I don't care which one, can get to 25 and get me there. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad play there. I mean, the Bears' defense are dreadful against the Packers. So bad. But, um, Max, do you have any plays that you like for this game, or is this a pass for you? Um, I I think it's pretty telling that – so this game was at uh, Bucks minus three for a while, so the fact that it's actually come off three and is now at two and a half, it's at least – Bears were minus one for look ahead. And then after that, Bucks opened two and a half, immediately bet up to three and now back to two and a half. Um, Yes, the Bears were a a disaster, but I think the Bucks were actually kind of lucky uh, to beat the Vikings. Just looking at the the yards and um, and all the, you know, cousins, bad plays and, and the fact that, you know, Baker Mayfield. Actually, like in the second half, especially like saying, uh, yeah, he solved them. He solved them. Yeah, yeah. that's what he was saying. Um, Baker Mayfield as a favorite is definitely a lot different to me than Baker getting six points or so against the Vikings. Uh, And Justin Fields, you know, obviously he has a lot of work to do as a passer. But the one type of defense that he actually does do well against is a blitzing one. And that's what Todd Bowles uh, loves to do. And the Buccaneers coaching staff they don't really adjust that much. They, they, they tend to have the same game plans over and over. And, you know, and, Le- and Byron Leftwich is gone with off- as offensive coordinator. But last season with Brady, it was like, why aren't they running hurry-up two-minute offense consistently? And just, you know, it was three-yard dives up the middle. And I, I don't think Bowles is going to adjust uh, his defensive scheme at all uh, with Fields. And so I-, I think Fields against the Blitz, whether it's with his legs or, or, or finding, you know, guys like DJ Moore open down the field. I, I actually think that he can uh, have some plays uh, just at two and a half, though. I don't love it as much as, as having it at three, but this is a line that I'm monitoring for sure. Yeah, I think you nail on the head at the difference between two and a half versus three. And with that look ahead line with the Bears being the favorites, if you polled majority of NFL fans before week one, there would be a greater percentage saying that the Bears are the better team straight up. But now the narrative is going to flip that much after one week. I think this is exactly one of those traps of overreacting too much to where you saw in week one. But moving on to the rest of the slate, Colts versus Texans. The Colts were short favorites earlier in the week, but now it has flipped. Max, has there been a lot of action on the Texans here, or is this um, just a market correction across the board? Yeah, so as of earlier today, uh, the Texans actually had the least uh, handle to cover the spread out of any team so far for week two. And I mean, I, I, you can't really blame them. I mean, the Texans have just been such a, a poor team uh, throughout the seasons. Uh, CJ Stroud, you know, he, any rookie quarterback, you know, in, in week one, it, it's it's going to be a tough task. Uh, but the Texans offense really did not look good against a, a Ravens defense that I actually feel was a bit overrated coming into the season. And maybe, you know, Bengals might be able to exploit it this week. But um, yeah, even despite the lack of action earlier today, I I do think that the Colts, um, I I, I feel that the Texans and Colts are pretty even. So I was a little surprised to see the Colts as a road favorite. And I know Anthony Richardson looked better than Stroud did, but I feel that Stroud 
was more NFL ready uh, coming into this year. And I really like that the Texans have some pieces on defense and, and I like Demeco Ryan as a defensive mind. Um, so even with the lack of action on the Texans, you know, now Texans are favored. Um, I still like it at, at anything. Um, I guess it's one and a half. I, I, I like it still Texans minus one and a half. I, I just think that these are two relatively even teams and the market isn't pricing it that way. Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said right there. I bet on the Texans to cover last week against the Ravens, and it looked pretty good for a while, but Stroud is going to get anything going on offense. But even though I do lean Texans here, this is a game I don't want to bet on because I want no part of watching this game. I'll have the split screen on Sunday ticket and a couple other games on other TVs, but this game will not be making the cut. So I'm going to be fading this world entirely. Uh, Kyle, is there anything you like in this game? No, no, I'm like you. I'm going to avoid this game if I can. There's two things I'm not going to do this season. It's back Baker Mayfield or C.J. Stroud as favorites. So I'm not going that way. I don't feel great about betting the the Texans or the Colts in this spot. Anthony Richardson, I do think, offers quite a bit more upside than Stroud. So if you forced me to pick a side, it's Richardson makes a big play late in the game and they... They win this thing 17-16 or something ugly like that. I'm not betting it if I had to, Colts, but I'll pass. Yeah, let's hope this week that Anthony Richardson learns how to slide, taking that big hit late Some guys in the never game. do. <laughs> yeah, but taking that hit that late in the game in garbage time, just like, what are you doing? And then he and he has to exit the game for Gardner Minshew. But let's move on to a game featuring two teams that should be in playoff contention this season. The Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars. This line is at three and a half right now, total 51 at points bet. Full transparency, I got this line at minus Chiefs minus two and a half earlier this week. Patrick Mahomes, when he's a favorite of less than three points, 18, six and one ATS. This is when you want to back the Chiefs, when they're short favorites against teams that they see as rivals to them, not inferior competition. They have Chris Jones back. They might have Travis Kelsey back. Max, are people riding the Chiefs again this week or people um, a little afraid to take them after what they saw in the season opener? No, not when it's laying less than a field goal, at least at first uh, with Patrick Mahomes. I feel like even though it's coming off a loss, I, I feel like that most of the betting public is smart enough, you know, not to uh, the week one game against the Lions. Like that was just crazy with all the drops. And, and I think that that's something you can't really bank on from week to week. Um, and, you know, Mahomes is obviously the best quarterback in the league. Uh, but in terms of the betting action so far, Chiefs, 74% of the tickets, 86% of the handle uh, to cover. It's gone from two and a half to now Chiefs getting three and a half. I actually still like the Chiefs at three and a half. Uh, Jaguars, serious concerns about their defense uh, coming into the season. And, and week one against Anthony Richardson didn't really do much. Uh, they also have some serious offensive line injuries. Uh, Brandon Sheriff and their center, um, I'm blanking on the center's name, sorry, but they're, they're both banged up. And with Chris Jones potentially coming back, I, I think that that could cause some issues. And this defense, I, I just don't see how they, how they're able to contain Patrick Mahomes and company. Yeah. Max, I don't know if you knew this, but joy, Kyle Sapi is the biggest Jaguars fan outside of Duval in the state in the United States. But Kyle, are you back in your Jaguars here? Or do you like this as a bounce back spot for the chiefs? I can't. I mean, if I had to pick a prop in this game, I'm going to go over Trevor Lawrence, a touchdown and a half. It's being priced minus 145 on points bet right now. So if I'm going, if you, because I can't have a Jags game and not have Jags action, that would be the direction I'm going there. But yeah, you guys are right. The Chiefs are in a good spot here. Obviously, I prefer under a field goal or add a field goal instead of getting 
hit with the hook here. But the Jags, 4-8 and eight, ATS since 2021, coming off a road win. That's a spot they're in here. You get Andy Reid off a pseudo-buy. We all know that narrative. The Chiefs, I'm not betting against the Chiefs. I just told you I'm not betting on Baker, not betting on C.J. Stroud. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. It's a close third in that hierarchy of betting rules for me. Yeah, definitely not. And seems like the betting public is pretty keen on that trend there. Moving on to um, Chargers minus three at Tennessee. Everybody knows that the Titans have been a covering juggernaut under Mike Vrabel. 24-14-1 ATS as my, under Mike Vrabel as underdogs. And 23-9-1 are getting at least three points. And they're also 9-5 and five outright as home underdogs. But Max, you're saying, you were saying earlier people are really liking the Chargers in this, Chargers in this spot. Yeah, so Chargers most popular spread bet and also most lopsided spread bet. So the Chargers have actually gotten over twice as much handle to cover than any other team this week, not counting the the Thursday night game, which to me that that was um, really interesting. Uh, and they're also getting eighty percent of the tickets, ninety six percent of the handle to cover. No other team uh, is above ninety percent for this week. And I, I guess it's you know the public, yes, like. Or it's it's just better. How can the Chargers go zero and two with with all this talent on this roster? But they, they are dealing with some key injuries. Austin Eckler with the ankle injury. Joey Bosa is on the injury report, and the Titans. They, I I feel like they actually should have beaten the Saints. Uh, there was that controversial um, replay where it looked like that the Titans should have had a defensive touchdown, and, oh, and yeah. then they and then they ruled it. You know that oh it's actually Saints ball instead of even yeah. Titans ball. And I, I, and so, you know, Titans are, are good at keeping things close. So I, I was really interested to see, you know, Tajay, Tajay Spears get a lot of the snaps over Derrick Henry. Um, but the Titans secondary, it's just, I, I think they're in for a rude awakening with, with Justin Fields, or sorry, Justin Herbert, not Justin Fields. And, you know, even, even if Eckler doesn't play, I thought Josh Kelly was, was more than a suitable replacement. So... You know, going against Mike Vrabel is, is definitely a little scary, but and especially with the Chargers potentially chargering, I I, I would lean the Chargers. Not strong enough a, a play, um, but I I would still lean that way. That's really surprising to me how popular bet the Chargers are because I feel like the public is would be scared to back the Chargers after what they saw last week and all the injuries they're dealing with. And the Chargers charger, as you know. And people love to back Mike Vrabel in these spots. However, I wouldn't want to do it too blindly because something, even though he loved, he can really get his team fired up for these games with the underdog narrative, it's still their far inferior team on paper. And Ryan Tannehill really struggled last week against the Saints. Kyle, is there anything that you're eyeing in this game? Yeah, I'm with you guys on the Chargers here. I'm going to divide my bet here and go three quarters of a unit on the Chargers money line. And then I'm going to take an alt spread because like you said, the Chargers Chargers. So if this thing's tight, like I'm terrified, but there's a world in which the Chargers run away with this. You guys mentioned that Titans secondary. I don't think it's any good at all. And I don't think what we saw last week with the Chargers running the ball 40 times is something we're going to see this week because Tennessee's got a good run defense. So if you're putting this game on the shoulders of Justin Herbert and he gets rolling and they take that run game away from the Titans, which is a big if, I mean, they're going to feed Derrick Henry until... You know, the cows come home here, but if they can get up and get up early, I'm taking them minus nine and a half offset by my money line because I still think they're a good bet to win this game because at the end of the day, if this is close late, I trust Herbert over Tannehill to lead a drive. But I mean, we've had 20 games in the Justin Herbert era decided by a field goal or less. So laying the standard spread is terrifying. No, absolutely. And um, 
Moving on to the rest of the slate, Green Bay Packers at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are short favorites, now one and a half. Max, the Packers are the favorites earlier in the week. So what's the action looking like here for it to flip? Yes, and the Packers were favorites earlier today, and, and now it, it's gone. I think it was Packers minus two to now Falcons uh, minus one and a half. And this is one where the tickets and the handle are actually an op- majority of the tickets and handle are on opposite sides. So Packers getting about 69% of the tickets. Falcons, though, 58% of the handle. Um, this game was this game in particular is really interesting to me. I, I do think the Falcons should be favored in this. Um, Packers, you know, really good performance against the Bears. But now, you know, the, two of their most explosive offensive players and Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, they both might not play. So now we get to see Jordan Love going up against a stronger defense in Atlanta versus what he had with the Bears. Uh, and then the Packers' run defense was abysmal last season. Yep. Um, and, and now they go up against the Falcons' offensive line that's tremendous at run blocking. Arthur Smith, who will gladly run the ball down his opponent's throats. Um, I, I, I just think that this is not a great matchup for the Packers. So I, I, I like the uh, Falcons as a small favorite. I also like the under. Um, I, I think Falcons are obviously going to run the ball a lot. Packers... Um, Heading into the season, people were unsure whether, you know, their slower pace of play, if it was an Aaron Rodgers thing, but they were actually relatively slow as well against the Bears. Um, and, and I think without Watson, and, and if Watson and Aaron Jones don't play, I, I don't think uh, that their explosive plays on offense, it, it's it's going to be lower. And, and I could see a lot of A.J. Dillon carries as well to make life easier for Jordan Love. So I, I think the under at 40, 40 and a half, I think that that's also a, a nice play. Yeah, I totally agree with you on those both points right there. You mentioned the Packers' run defense, how much they struggled. Last season, they were 31st in the NFL success rate, and they're going against perhaps the best rushing attack in the NFL with uh, Dijon Robinson and Tyler Algier for the Falcons. I like that under two. I was eyeing that last week for a bit with the Panthers-Falcons game, but I thought it was a little too gross of a number to take the under at, but I learned my lesson that you can't be afraid to take unders on short totals, so... I'm definitely with you there on those two plays. I mean, Jordan Love had an impressive week last week, but like you said, that Bears defense is much worse than this Falcons defense and playing on the road without Christian Watson again and then Aaron Jones. Really devoid of skill talent on that Packers offense. Kyle, I know you're a Packers fan. Do you agree with us here or are you riding with uh, your team? I'm with you. Like as much as it hurts me to say here, I'm I'm with you because of what Max was saying with the injuries to the skill guys on Green Bay. If Aaron Jones is banged up and can't go, Christian Watson we saw sit last week. They're not an explosive offense as it is. I mean, I know we saw 38 points against the Bears, but that's the Bears. That's a different story. If you're missing both those guys, I think you're under. I think you guys are all on the right path here. But let's say they play. Let's say we get a little optimism. I'm I'm a guy. I'm a fantasy guy. I like when guys play and put up numbers. This prop has me a little interested. You could get either quarterback to throw multiple touchdowns, and they're both roughly plus 150 to plus 200, depending where you're looking at that. That means if one of them does it, you return a value. If both do it, we're looking great. Obviously, you could lose both bets, and with you guys both liking the under, I guess that's that's in play. But there are skilled playmakers here with Drake London, Kyle Pitts. If Christian Watson plays, Dobbs looked good last week, and the running backs for Green Bay and Atlanta can both catch the ball. So if I'm looking for a prop, with plus money potential tied to it, that would be the avenue. But yeah, if I'm picking a side, the Falcons make all the sense in the world for what you guys said. What they do and what they want to do is what the Packers can't stop. 
Yeah, you mentioned all those skill position players for the Falcons, but we all know, especially you as a fantasy guy, how Arthur, Little too Smith, well. <laughs> how Arthur Smith is the biggest troll to the fantasy and betting community possible. I mean, Drake London had zero catches last week. Kyle oh. Pitts yet again being underutilized. So I'll always be afraid to back a skill position player prop on the Definitely. Falcons. But moving on to the next game, this is one of the most intriguing ones of the slate for me. I think the Seahawks might have been the most disappointing team last week, either them or the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are four, four and a half, five point favorites against the Rams and got pretty much blown out at home. Meanwhile, the Lions had that big win in the season over against the Chiefs. But that win might have been a little fluky. And if it wasn't Kadarius Tony, they'd probably lose that game to a Chiefs team without Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. This look ahead line was at Lions minus three. It got up to six points at one point, but now it's at um, back down the lines minus five. I bet this at uh, six or in the week. This is one of those lines that I was eyeing even before the Seahawks. Game you were started. eyeing this at halftime of Thursday night. Yeah, I literally texted you guys, Kyle and uh, the rest of us at PFM betting. I was like, I'm going to be taking the Seahawks no matter what, just because I figured the public would overreact here. Max, is the public overreacting with the Lions? So, I, I think so. It's it's tough because, you know, obviously Lions coming off that win. And, and you're right. Like, I, I feel that the Lions were maybe fortunate to get that. And the Seahawks, you know, just with how they looked, especially in the second half against the Rams. But I would just, you know, take note that, you know, that's when they lost both their tackles, uh, Charles True. Cross and Abe Lucas. And, and it just looked like a completely different offense. And, and it looks like that those tackles are also not playing. And, you know, like it's one thing going up against Aaron Donald, but I will say Aiden Hutchinson, I, I also thought um, showed up a lot on, on Thursday night. And the Seahawks, maybe the Seahawks, we, we he, they were just an overvalued team coming into the season. Um, you know, Tyler Lockett also, I, I, he, he suffered a concussion. Um, so, you know, losing a weapon there. Um, Lions love their offensive line. And, and, you know, the Seahawks really were not getting much pressure at all. As, and Matt Stafford was just absolutely carving them. Um, that being said, I, I do think that the line is is a, a little bit high. Um, not strong enough for me to play the Seahawks. Maybe, like, if I could get, you know, Seahawks over a touchdown live, that's where I would probably strike. But mm-hmm. for now, um, I, I, I think that the line, while it's a little high, I, I understand where – the Lions love is coming from. And especially, I guess it's more anti-Seattle for me than, than pro-Lions. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I You mentioned they might not be as good as we thought they were heading to the season. I might be guilty of that. I was pretty high on the Seahawks team. Their over-under is only eight and a half. I thought it got a lot better in the offseason. I thought what we saw from Geno last year was real. However, not a good start to the season. A little too early for me to be start, start regretting my futures bets on the Seahawks, but so far not so good. Kyle, are you with me on the Seahawks here, or do you like the Lions, or are you taking a pass on this one? Or go if, you, if you think what we saw with Geno Smith was real, then you're taking the over on 47 points. These two teams scored 97, or 93 points when they played last year. Like, it was right. just up and down and up and down and a lot of fun. All the trends this way go to the way of the Lions. I know what you're saying about them being overvalued because of what we saw in a primetime season opening game, the win over the Chiefs, but they were 7-1 and one ATS last season following an outright win in the Seahawks since 2021. 2-6 ATS following a week in which they lost as an outright favorite. Both of those trends scare me off of joining you on the Seahawks. I'm not sure I'm going quite laying the points with the Lions because it's still that sentence like I'm I'm 33 years old the sentence laying the points with the Lions doesn't really resonate with me 
But um, David Montgomery's longest catch on some spots right now, over under nine yards, ran 20 routes, not a single target a week ago. Jameer Gibbs, the more explosive, better running back, in my opinion, on that team. So I'm going to go under on that prop. I think it's a close game. I think you could lean the over. This could be a fun one, and I'm looking at it in a big way for DFS fantasy. Yeah, I think you nailed that. I was thinking about that over two at 47 and a half because you mentioned that game last year. That was the, that was that was the first awesome. thing I thought of. That, that was, was the so second fun. thing I thought of besides, oh, it must be a good time to, to feed the Lions. But uh, moving on to the rest of the oh, slate. I will say one thing about the – so we actually opened the total at 50 and a half, and it's come down Sheesh. to 47 and a half. So Interesting. three point toward the under. Yeah. Take note of that. Next game on the slate, we have the Baltimore Ravens visiting Cincinnati Bengals. The spread is at minus three right now for Cincinnati. One of my favorite plays last week was the Browns outright against Cincinnati, which was never in doubt. A lot of that was due to the weather. Another reason was Joe Burrow and this Bengals offense looked really rusty. The Ravens had a really easy matchup at home against the Houston Texans last week, but they entered this match with a lot of injuries. No J.K. Dobbins, lost him for the season. Offensive lineman, Ronnie Stanley, entire Linda Baum left the game with injuries. And Marcus Williams, one of their best players in secondary, is out as well. This line has fluctuated a bit between three and a half and three. Max, how's the public reacting to this one? Are they out on the Bengals already, or are they counting on a bounce-back spot here? Yeah, so this is another one where the majority of the tickets in handle are an opposite team. So Ravens getting 55% of the tickets, Bengals getting 62% of the handle. Um, and yeah, and, and this line's been bouncing between three and a half and three. I think I don't know if the market has fully captured the value of the Ravens injuries. So I I I kind of like the I like the Bengals at minus three, even if it's juiced. Um, I I know that the big narrative is oh the Bengals are struggling once again to start off earlier in the year. You know Joe Burrow is is he you know not right after his calf injury? Um, I, I thought it was in so you know last week against the Browns like bad weather. And I feel like a lot of that, um, one, Burrow really struggles against the Browns defense. And he's also really mm-hmm. struggled against the Titans defense, which Jim Schwartz was the, uh, he was a defensive assistant there for the past couple of years. Yep. So now Jim Schwartz, defensive coordinator, Browns defense looked great against Burrow once again in that pass rush. Also, the weather wasn't great, but it wasn't Bur- It wasn't just Burrow who was having trouble throwing the ball. It was Deshaun Watson. So... I, I still I think this is a nice buy low spot on Burrow, especially against a, a banged up Ravens secondary. And, you know, and T Higgins not getting a single catch. And, and we've seen Jamar Chase torch Baltimore secondary before. Um, yeah, so I, I actually I, I, I like the Bengals. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. And I do agree that the market hasn't taken in these Ravens injuries enough into effect. The, the Bengals offense is pretty rusty last week, but the Ravens offense kind of was too. like. Kyle, I know you're really high on Lamar Jackson this year, this Tom Monken offense, and I don't disagree with you, but I think it's got to a little slower start than the biggest Ravens optimist might have had in mind, especially with this is the first season of Lamar's NFL career since his rookie year. He has to learn a new offense, and he has so many new playmakers around him, but Zay Flowers looked really good last week. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I am buying this bounce back spot for the Bengals here. I mean, they struggled a bit against his Ravens defense last year, like we saw in that playoff game. But the biggest thing they struggle with is a really good pass rush. And the Ravens were a team that had to sign Javadion Clowney in the offseason because they were so thin at edge rusher. But, Kyle, I want to get your thoughts on uh, this game here. I agree with Max on leaning towards the Bengals. I'm trying to see this might go down to three, but I think it's going to stay at three. But um, I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts here. I'm worried we agree too much on some of these games here. I, yeah, I'm, me too. <laughs> I'm not 
against Burrow. Like, he's the best covering quarterback over the last year and a half in the NFL. One bad week isn't getting me off of that. But the play I like most in this game, under 46 points. You guys mentioned the injuries on both sides. You've got the Ravens, and then obviously Burrow less than 100%. Brian was on top of that last week. But 10 straight games between these two teams has seen at least one of the teams fail to surpass 21 points. If that happens again this week, it's going to be hard to get to 46 because I'm not sure either one of these offenses is in shape right now to score 30 or at least approach it. So I'll go under 46, kind of hedge my bet and think that one of these offenses, if not both, continue to struggle to some degree. And I will say that the under for Ravens-Bengals is uh, gotten the most handle out of any total bet, not not counting Thursday night again, just because with the Thursday night game, you're going to get a ton of action day of. Um, but that's gotten the most handle of, of any total bet uh, so far for week two, the under. Kyle, when you hear some, a stat like that or the side or total you like, does that scare you or give you more confidence? It scares me the same way us agreeing on all these games does, but yeah. it doesn't mean it's going to be wrong. Like I, I trust my analysis over I trust trust or distrust of the public. Is it? It's interesting because it says that I'm on the same scent as other people, whether that's valuable or not is TBD. I'll let you know on Monday. Well, Max, I'm not sure if you saw this last week on our uh, week one predictions column. We had me, myself, Kyle Sapi, David Bierman, and Jason Katz all on Pittsburgh as a home underdog against the 49ers. <laughs> and that was over within minutes. That was wrong. Uh, it's so, far, so, so far, it's not great when we're all on the same side. But maybe when it's just a couple of us versus at least four of us, that's when it really takes an ugly turn. Moving on to this next game, though, I think me and Kyle are going to be on opposite sides here. Raiders versus Bills. This line is down to eight, and I'm pretty sure the spread was at nine and a half before um, the Bills' ugly Monday night football loss against the Jets. Excuse me, Josh Allen's loss against the Jets. I really think that he single-handedly lost in that game with his recklessness and the turnovers, but he's a gunslinger by trade, and with how talented he is and how aggressive he is, you have to kind of have to live with their turnovers, mm-hmm. but for a bit for the Bills and Bills fans, maybe a little less. Max, are people backing this Raiders team after their win? But I know that a lot of injuries – Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers have been out of practice. Jimmy G is already dealing with an ankle injury. But are people kind of giving up on the Bills already after what we saw on Monday Night Football this week? Yeah, not not at points bet. So Bills, 53% of the tickets, but 81% of the handle. But you're right, the, the line has come down. Um, I think it was nine earlier today, and now it's down to eight. For me, like... The, at least like the past like couple seasons, it, it, the Bills, they either really win big or lose close. And, and there's yeah. no there's no in between. And, you know, we, we've seen Josh Allen struggle against the Jets defense now th- three straight games. Raiders defense won't challenge him uh, like the Jets defense did. And and you were saying, you know, Raiders have have a couple injuries. And we've seen, you know, J- Jimmy Garoppolo uh, go up against, you know, like he's he's definitely a competent quarterback, but when he's going up against an elite quarterback, there's definitely a huge gap there. So eight might seem like a lot to lay, especially against the Bills team that was, you know, did not look the best on, on Monday night. But I think that this is the type of team that the Bills can win uh, by double digits against for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. I'm definitely going to back the Bills in this spot. I went to the season very down on the Raiders. It was mostly driven about fading Josh McDaniels, the bad vibes in the organization, and just not expecting Jimmy G to last through the season. But they might be a little better than I gave them credit for, as we saw last week against the Denver Broncos, who might be a little worse than I gave them credit for. But I do like the Bills to bounce back in this spot. I would maybe even do an alt line and win by double digits because you're getting close enough as is. And – 
if you really do believe in this Bills team, then this is a get-right spot for them to really put a lot of points at home. But Kyle, you've been on the other side this week. I wonder if uh, have your thoughts changed at all due to these injuries? Yeah, I mean, I reserve the like. I'm not placing a bet right now. Like, yeah. I don't have to. You can't force me to, so I'm not going to. But uh, I I want Jacoby Myers in there. I want Devonte Adams. I want a clean bill of health from the skill guys. But this is pretty much just a blind play on Jimmy G. I mean, since 2019, when he throws at least 20 passes, his team either wins or loses by a touchdown or less 89% of the time. So it's just backing that trend and hoping that he can get to the finish line. If you think this game's close and you want the security of the points, some of these sites offer the same game parlays where you can pick a team to cover and the other team to win. That's going off at about 240. I don't hate the idea of that. If you think Buffalo can actually get right when it matters most, which they... They weren't able to do and cost me everything on Monday night. Was not thrilled about that. So maybe there's some scar tissue there. But this is pretty much a play on Jimmy G and his ability to keep things close. Yeah. No, I'm with um, – It's. I think Jimmy G is always a little better than he gets credit for just yeah. because of the narrative that Kyle Shanahan and that system kind of carried him a little bit, which is kind of a QB-proof QB offense. But Jimmy G in his own right is confident to say the least. This is interesting one right here. I don't think any team had a worse week one than the New York Giants getting blown out 40 to nothing against the Dallas Cowboys. Pretty much have owned them ever since Dak Prescott, after Dak Prescott's rookie year, who he hasn't lost to since. But if you believe this Giants team being at least a little bit competent, you have to back them this spot against Arizona Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals might not be if people might think they might not be as bad as we think they were because they kept things close against the commanders last week, but let's not one week. Let's not let one week change our minds here. This is still the team probably tanking for Caleb Williams, moving on with Kyler Murray in the off season, but this spread has gone down a little bit. The giants were uh, five and a half point favorites earlier. Now it's down to four and a half max. Our, our points bet betters back in the giants or they giving Carl's a bit more credit here. What's the uh, action looking like? Yeah. So open four and a half, up to as high as five and a half, now back down to four and a half. And Giants, they're getting 70% of the tickets, 88% of the handle. I feel like out of all the quote-unquote bounce-back spots, the Giants is probably going to be the easiest pill to swallow for um, public bettors just yeah. because of how bad the Cardinals are. Um, last season, I mean, Brian Dable's first year, Giants head coach, uh, we saw that the Giants really did not compete against the Cowboys and Eagles, but they did do a great job uh, um, putting away lesser teams. And Dable, I, I think, has the coaching advantage uh, against Jonathan Gannon. I think the Giants have the roster advantage against the Cardinals. Giants are my survivor pick this week. So I I, 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 I like the Giants here. Yeah, make sure if you're in a survivor pool, I don't think anybody lost last week because the Ravens commanders won, but make sure to check out Derek Tate's survivor picks and strategy article for this week at pfmbetting.com. I was talking to Kyle before we started taping that there's a lot of hype for this Giants team this year because the addition of Darren Waller. But to rely on Darren Waller at this point in his career, who has been plagued by injuries for the past couple of seasons, be your number one option, is not the best recipe, even though I do don't I don't really blame the same time for trading for him because there was really no other top pass catcher available. But he might be out, he might be he's still kind of ham, limper, hampered by the hamstring injury this week. But Kyle, I'm gonna I would back the Giants here. I don't know if I'm gonna bet it, but as a short spread. It's kind of a scary number how it's so low against a Cardinals team that oddsmakers are saying could be one of the worst in NFL history. But um, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I already bet it at five and a half. I'm going to double down at four and a half. You keep, I don't get how this line drops because that means people are backing the Cardinals, which is just an asinine statement in my head how people could take their hard-earned money, go to the window and say, yep, 
Joshua Dobbs. That's how I want to spend my money. Go to the grocery store, get a gallon of milk. Like something like that will get you more utilities for your dollar. But take the bus. Take the, make sure you take, take the, bus the bus to the grocery store as John sure. McGannon would say. Sure, sure, sure. I, I just don't get the option there. The Giants were a perfect 7-0 ATS after a loss last season, obviously coming off of the embarrassing 40-0 skunking on Sunday Night Football in week one. I can't imagine going any other way. I'm going to be doubling down on this bet. I'm taking the Giants every way. They're in parlays. They're survivor, I think, sharp. Because you're not going to take the Giants in any survivor situation within the division. Nope. The Cardinals, yes, they hung tough last week. Are we sure Washington's that good? I'm not. The Giants win this game probably by double figures. I, the line scares me because I don't think it's high enough. Yeah, I was really tempted to bet the Cardinals last week because I was like, Sam Howell hasn't proven himself to be a seven-point favorite against anybody, anyway. let alone his Cardinals team at home. But then as the then I was more thinking about it, I couldn't really trust the Cardinals in that spot because we didn't know who the quarterback was going to be up until a couple days before the game, so I just stayed away completely. But this next match of a 49 or seven-point favorites at the Los Angeles Rams – the Rams surprised a lot of people last week. Stafford was looking like the, the guy who won the Super Bowl just a couple of years ago and blowing out the Seahawks in Seattle. But Sean Mc, we all know Sean McVay has owned Pete Carroll in that rivalry. But Kyle Shan has owned uh, Sean McVay here. They've covered every game against the Rams since 2020. But Max, I'm curious, are points bet betters believing in this Rams team or, they, or do they see last week as a fluke? I don't think it's necessarily not believing in the Rams. I just think it's that the 49ers established themselves potentially yeah. as, as the Super Bowl favorite in week one. And, yeah. you know, as as impressive as the Rams looked against the Seahawks, I mean, the 49ers, they're just such a complete team. And so points bet betters saw that uh, 66% of the tickets, 87, 87% of the handle is on the Niners. Um, whew, this for me is a stay away. Um, I was really, really impressed with Stafford. Um, and I, I know that going up against the 49ers defense won't be anything like the Seahawks, but he looked healthy. He looked good. I, I, the, the receivers, Atwell and, and Nakua, I like how McVay schemed to get them open. Um, Kyron Williams, I, I also thought was pretty solid. I'm not a big Cam Akers guy. It might be, you know, too many injuries and he Join just seems like just a guy. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I do think that the 49ers are going to put up points against the Rams defense that I'm not buying as much as I am the Rams offense. I guess if I had to play anything, I feel like the 49ers team total would probably be my, my look just with ever since they've gone to Purdy, it seems like that they score 30 points every single week. So, um, and, and I will say that there has been good total action. Um, the total has actually gone up from 42 to now 45. And so it seems like um, the market is, you know, whether it's it's the Rams offense looking better than advertised or, or maybe being higher on the on the 49ers defense against a, a Rams the or 49ers offense against a Rams defense that really just doesn't have a lot of pieces, um, a lot of overlove there. Yeah, um, I was very bitter watching these two teams with their impressive impressive performances last week for the 49ers because I bet against them taking the Steelers as home underdogs and for the Rams. I saw a quarterback ranking earlier in the week that had Stafford in front of Jalen Hurts. So seeing Stafford light it up like he did made me a little upset about, hmm, maybe there might be some validity here. But um, you mentioned the 49ers Super Bowl odds. At some sports books, they are now the favorite to win it all. I'm looking at points bet right now. They're just behind the Chiefs. Who, the Chiefs are plus 600 and the 49ers are plus 650. So they're really narrowing the gap there. But um, Kyle, what are your thoughts on this game? For me, it's going to be a pass. 
It's just, I don't, for the Rams, they might be better than I thought, might be a little more competent, but I still have to compare them to one of those super, like an NBA team that's very top heavy with stars and scrubs. I'm curious about your thoughts here. No, they are, but they're missing their star. <laughs> like, they're, they're the Lakers. Yeah. They're the Lakers without LeBron. Like, no thanks. I'll pass. I mean, the, since 2021, the Rams are 2 and 10 ATS against top 10 rushing offenses. We certainly think the 49ers are going to be just that this season. I'll spend the 30 cents and buy a point here and get them under a touchdown and go minus six and a half and play it that way. And minus one th- 135, 140 to me, that's fine. I'm not going to lose sleep betting on the 49ers. If I lose, I lose, but I lose going down with a team that we think is elite. I don't mind those Super Bowl odds because they are that good. They're that well-rounded. Brock Purdy, no, he's not peak Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady. He's not one of those guys, but he wins games. He's, And that's that's what matters. He can cover this number and not have his best game because they're all low dot guys there. They're all yak monsters. Those That kind of offense doesn't slump so I'll buy it down to six and a half and play it that way. Seven and a half, I think they cover, but I just want a little bit of safety. Yeah, I can't blame you there. For me, I'm just going to stay away it's because we don't know how good the Rams are. If last week was a fluke or they actually are much more competent than we would have expected with Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, even without Cooper Cup. Next game, full transparency. I'm going to pass on this one. I have no idea what to do. The Washington Commanders versus Denver Broncos. The Broncos, three and a half point favorites. They got off to a great start last week against uh, the Raiders. A lot of belief there, like, oh, maybe Sean Payton turned this team around. Russ was cooking in the first half. And then they just fell back, fell flat completely in the second half. But they're going against a commander's team that struggled against the Cardinals at home. And now they'll be traveling to mile high with Sam Howe in his third start. The total is really low here at 39. Spread has pretty much stayed the same all week. Max, what's the action been looking like here? Yeah, so Commanders, uh, 51% of the tickets, 74% of the handle. But like you said, the the spread hasn't budged. Um, Yeah, and so Commanders, I I mean, Josh Dobbs kind of fumbled the game away. uh, I mean, the Cardinals had the lead. I I really wasn't impressed with Sam Howell. um, And now, you know, against it's one thing doing that against the Cardinals defense, but against a Broncos defense with lots of talent. Um, I, I think Howell's going to be in for a, a tough game. And then I actually, even though, you know, yes, Broncos lost to the Raiders, I kind of liked some of the things that Sean Payton did with Russell Wilson. Like they definitely utilized play action a lot more. Uh, they were throwing to the running backs a good amount. Um, man, it, it is just tough, though, to lay, you know, over a field goal with Russell yeah. Wilson. That's if, if I had to pick a side, I, I would take. Broncos three and a half, but not strong enough for me to play it. I wonder how much the mile high home field advantage in September plays and plays a part into the spread right here with the three and a half. It was kind of inflated last week because of that. But as Kyle mentioned, analysis for last week, the Raiders had all like preseason pretty much prepared for those conditions. One thing I didn't notice with the Broncos, I mean, I bet they're over for the win total or like before the season, I thought they're due a lot of positive regression, both in injuries and just, coaching obviously but i am a little worried about their skill position talent i mean it seems like p ryan is like their most involved guy in the passing game so far they're relying on two tight ends that are very unspectacular jerry judy's been bothered by injury i think we've been saying that every year since he's entered the league coming out of alabama but uh kyle are you with the broncos here are you fading the commanders after struggling versus uh the cardinals what are your thoughts Yeah, I'd rather not pick a winner here. I'm going to go with the total and just blindly trust the trends. I don't trust either one of these offenses, to be completely honest with you. And I think both defenses 
do have something to them. Obviously, Patrick Sertan is a stud for the Broncos, and that's going to give the Commanders issues. And the Commanders, I don't trust their running game that much either. Brian Robinson's okay. Antonio Gibson isn't much of a runner, and then he fumbles in the red zone. So I think this game could get ugly. 39 for a total isn't very high to begin with, but the Commanders have the highest under hit rate over the last three seasons. And over the last two, unders are 18-4 and four when the Broncos play outside of the division. That's the situation here. That's almost an 82% hit rate. So I'll go with those numbers. I'll take the under. And if you you said you weren't watching one of these games earlier, you said you didn't want any part of the Colts and, uh, and Colts and Texans, I don't want any part of this game. I don't want any fantasy exposure. Ideally, not much betting exposure. But listen, it's a Sunday. We're going to have betting exposure. It's not going to waste room on my TV or really in my brain until the very end of the game. Yeah, I might be with you there. Moving on to a game that a couple weeks ago would be on everybody's TV, but not as much anymore due to the Aaron Rodgers injury. And now it's the Zach Wilson show. Before Monday Night Football, the Cowboys were just three-point favorites at home against the Jets. And <laughs> I swear to God when I say this, I was eyeing that number. I was like, this Cowboys pass rush against this Jets offensive line and an older, aging, less mobile Aaron Rodgers seemed like a no-brainer. But I was a coward, didn't pull the trigger, and now it's up to nine. But the total was at 38 and a half, which seems very low in a game where this might be the two best defenses in the NFL – but they were going against two quarterbacks who are very turnover prone and could easily turn the ball over in their own red zone. And these defenses could actually even score points. But Max, how has the public been betting this wire since the Aaron Rodgers injury? Yeah, so this is the tightest bet spread of the week. Uh, oh, Jets, wow. 52% of the tickets. Cowboys, 54% of the handle. Um, obviously, you know, I get it for both sides. It's like, oh my God, Cowboys you know, them and the 49ers looked like the two best teams and now they get to play Zach Wilson. Uh, and then with the Jets, it's, you know, you're getting two defenses that are amazing. You have a really low total. Typically with the lower total, you don't want to lay that many points and, and, and this line True. as high as it is. I I, I mean, I, 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 would, I can't bet on Zach Wilson with my no. own money, I don't think. I, I still lean the Jets just because I, you just you, I, I have to take a, a touchdown plus dog with a total under 40 in the NFL. I, I feel like that, that's, you know, a, a rule that I, I follow a good amount. But, yeah, I just I, I can't do it with Zach Wilson. I can't. I can't do a Zach Wilson either. So I lean the other way. If I had to pick a side, I would take the Cowboys just because this might be even better matchup for them than they had against the Giants a week ago. I mean. That might have been the best, most inspiring Jets win of the season with getting that win on Monday night after Aaron Rodgers' injury at home with against a division rival in the Buffalo Bills and not going to be gifted three interceptions by Josh Allen. Like with Dak, well, maybe with Dak they could, but not to the same degree because, I mean, Dak did lead, tie the lead with Josh Allen for interceptions last year. A lot of them were a little bit more fluky with Josh Allen's, but if I would go to the side here, I would go with the Cowboys – Kyle, you're the deal breaker. You're the tie. You, you're going to break the tie here. Would you lean Jets, Cowboys, pass, or look in other directions? I mean, to me, this is like the devil angel situation on your shoulder. The you got the angel saying, "I can't give more than a touchdown in a game with a total under 40," and then the devil saying, "I can't back Zach Wilson and feel good about it." And I don't think either one of those trains of think, thinking is wrong. The Cowboys. They've covered eight of their last 10 games against top 10 rushing offenses. That's the only way the Jets are going to move the ball here. I get that Zach Wilson led him to victory, threw the touchdown to Garrett Wilson, which wasn't even a good pass, by the way. He had to bend the laws of gravity to catch it, and it was like a seven-yard pass. So I'm not... 
I'm not betting this against the number because that devil angel situation. I can't decide which way. If I had to go away because you're asking me to break a tie, it's the Cowboys because Zach Wilson isn't getting my money and I'm and I'm a stubborn person like that. No, that's totally fair. I mean, was really looking forward to this matchup. It's really unfortunate the Jets have 17 games up the season with a bunch of them on prime time. Or we're going to go yeah. from seeing Aaron Rodgers to now Zach Wilson. But I'm not the person you should feel bad for. It's the Jets fans you should have a lot of pity for. I mean, I'm not a Jets fan, but I'm so devastated for that fan base. And like, I'm afraid oh, yeah. to even make fun of how bad their luck is because that's just so heartbreaking. And never felt worse for a fan base in my life after we saw Monday night. But moving on to the last game on Sunday, Dolphins, short favorites, minus three on the road at New England. I don't know about you guys, but this Patriots defense really impressed me against my Eagles last week. But they might be in for bigger tests against Tua, Tyreek, and this Dolphins passing offense. Totals at 46 and a half. I'm almost leaning towards selling high in the Dolphins here, taking a chance on this Patriots defense. I mean, the Chargers have a lot of talent on their defense, but they don't have Bill Belichick to lead that unit. And so, Max, what's the public thinking here? Is Are the Dolphins a really public, heavy public favorite because of what we saw last week, or are they high on New England? Yeah, so well, what, one thing to note also first is that Tua is the MVP co-favorite with Patrick Mahomes. That's right. Who, who would have who seen that coming after just one week? Uh, Dolphins, yep, they're, they're a pretty popular bet. 82% of the tickets, 81% of the handle. You know, a, a, it, it was at two and a half before, and now it's up to three. So, you know, just seeing that. But I, I was I was impressed with with the Patriots defense, too. I mean, it's it wasn't too often last season that you saw the Eagles offense look mortal. And, yeah. you know, maybe Bill Belichick still has it. Um, Mac Jones, he threw for over 300 yards against the Eagles defense. And the Dolphins defense is missing a couple key guys, uh, especially in the secondary with, with Jalen Ramsey. Um, and, uh, and Taron Ar- Armstead, their best offensive lineman is also hurt. Yes. You know, the dolphins were a great story week one and they had an, a really exciting shootout against the chargers, but no, I, I, I kind of like the divisional dog and, you know, kind of, you know, selling high on, on the dolphins as well. I, I, I would, I would lean Patriots plus three. Kyle, are we crazy here to fade the yes. dolphins after last week? We are. Okay. Give us your thoughts. And it's not just because we work for the Pro Dolphin Network over here at PFN, yeah. but I mean, I do the same game parlay article for every one of these primetime games, and I I got the research and everything in stack for this game, and I just can't get to the Patriots. I can't do it. I don't know how they're going to score enough to keep up here. You could, you could give all the flowers you want to this defense, and they deserve it. Belichick's great at doing what he has. I don't think they can hold... I mean, they held the Eagles to 25 last week. It felt like that was a great accomplishment. And 25 still would It was 25-20. They still wouldn't have One covered this. One offensive touchdown, though. One offensive touchdown. Sure. I, yeah, okay. I, I will bet you straight up. Forget the books. We don't have to take juice into this. We'll go head-to-head on this. The Dolphins, to me, are just in such a good form, such a good team. And you're just looking at an, an impossible spot. For the Patriots to score for me. Yes, the Dolphins defense is terrible. Tua's only thrown two interceptions his last 298 passes at home. If they're not giving them the short field, New England's not going to capitalize. I don't think New England can move the ball through the air or on the ground. New England, a bottom half of the league, third down defense a season ago. When Tua played teams like that, 5-0, and winning games by almost 10 points per game. It was just under 10. 
to me, this is Dolphins by double figures. It's a good spot to get your money back if you lost anything on Sunday, or it's a good spot for me to take Brian's money on Sunday night regardless. Yeah, I'm putting myself on the hot seat here in our Pro Football Network by fading the Dolphins, but I got to go with um, what the numbers and what my gut tells me. Max, you mentioned that Tua is now a co-favorite in Mahomes for MVP after one week, which is pretty crazy when he was around plus 2,000 entering the week. Was this due to just a lot of volume on him in the betting market for MVP or just reacting to his performances? I mean, as good as he looks when he's healthy, he's going to have two games against his Patriots defense, including tonight, including on Sunday night, two against his Jets defense, and the rest of the schedule looks pretty hard. So um, I want to get—I'm curious about um, any insight you have there. Yeah, so I, it was a little of both in, in terms of action and his performance, then also just how the other top quarterbacks were. I mean, we saw Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow all lose. And then, you know, Tua throwing for what, 460 yards. And then also having the, you know, final couple minute uh, game winning drive. Um, but again, like the, the, the question with Tua, because he was in the MVP race last year before uh, he suffered the concussions and got hurt. It's, it's all about health. And so if you think he can stay upright, then we've seen uh, since Mike McDaniel's taken over that those two seem like a match made in heaven uh, in terms of how the offense has produced. I just, uh, I, I guess like I, I under, I understand the move and why he is the current uh, co-favorite. I just, I, I, I can't back him at that number. I'm with you there. And uh, that's a wrap for uh, previewing the Sunday slate. But before we go, Max, let our audience know where they could find you and all of uh, your content. Yeah, so um, as senior editor of PointsBet, I am in charge of The Hustle, which is our daily newsletter highlighting all betting action uh, throughout the week. And you can follow it at hustle.pointsbet.com and, and make sure to sign up there. And you can follow me uh, at the Max Meyer on X. No, no, it's Twitter. It's on Twitter. Twitter. I, 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 I couldn't say that with, with a straight face. Um, and, and yeah, and, and just really excited for another uh, fun football weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Kyle, remind the people where they can find you and all your betting and uh, fantasy content. I'm at Kyle Soppy PFN on the Twitter machine. And yeah, we'll have same game parlays up for every primetime game. We've got a preview of every single player that you could possibly want on your fantasy radars. That's up and running now at PFN Fantasy. Come check it out. We got live streams on Sundays before lineup lock, all that good stuff. We'll be getting you squared away with everything you need fantasy and betting wise over at PFN. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you can find the rest of our betting content at uh, pfmbetting.com and pfmbetting on Twitter. We'll be churning out a bunch of content for uh, the week two slate as we'll all season long. Max, Kyle, it was a pleasure. Thank you for joining me and uh, good luck with your bets this week. <laughs>